0: Welcome to the GT Podcast, where we talk about all the things grit and tenacity. The power of showing up confidently and authentically in your life, sprinkling in sales training built for female entrepreneurs. Hey, girlfriends. Today, I want to talk to you about follow up. Okay, okay. So don't throw your phone. I know that this is not a fun topic, and following up just sucks. Or does it? Let's dive in. Did you know that 44% of people give up after one no? Just one no. This is why our children are so good at getting what they want. They don't stop after one no. Have you ever noticed that? They stop after the 10th and getting a threatening look at being sent to their room and yelling and screaming and telling them all the reasons, but they still keep asking. Now, I'm not recommending that you go and you act like your 10-year-old and throw a temper tantrum, but there is something magical to asking more than once, twice or even three times for that matter. If you're not following up with your prospects, at least six to seven times at a minimum, you are leaving a significant amount of money on the table. Now, some of you are probably like, holy crap, Gwen, seven, seven times. Yes. Seven times. And you're probably like, well, I'm not doing that. And I'm going to tell you that you are leaving a lot of money on the table by not doing that. And also, what if I showed you how to make following up feel good? Would you all be interested in that? Would you be interested in knowing that following up could be powerful and inspiring and encouraging and all the positive feels and not the negative? Who wouldn't love that, right? Okay, so first, before we do that, though, we really need to identify and unpack why following up feels so hard, and how we are our own worst enemies. The first thing is fear of rejection. No one likes to put themselves out there and be told that we have to offer isn't enough or it isn't what they're looking for. Perhaps even giving feedback that wasn't solicited. No one likes to be told no. They feel it's a personal attack on them. You've worked so hard with so much passion in creating something that you feel is adding value to someone's life. And so when they say no, it feels like they're saying no to you. Can you relate? Let's do something together. Let's pretend that you just had a really great experience at a new place getting your nails done and you're at dinner with your, with your best girlfriends and You just keep going on and on about this great experience. Your friends are happy for you, but they quickly move on to another subject or maybe even say something like, that's great, but I have a nail place that I love already. Let me ask you something. Do you take that personally or do you go inward and think, gosh, like I'm never going there again, or I'm never going to talk to my friends about that again? No. The next time that you want to go get your nails done, are you... Not going to ask your girlfriend to go with you or to join you at the place that you now love because they didn't jump on board the first time that you spoke about it? Of course not. Well, why is that? It's because they weren't saying no to you that night. They were saying no to the opportunity. They were just given an ejection at that moment in time. If we realize that we are presenting people with opportunities not things to buy, but opportunities to enhance their lives, it's easier to get past the no's because they're not saying no to you. They're just saying no to the opportunity. Here's what we have to remember. Rejection is going to happen. Not if, but when. We have to be emotionally and mentally prepared to respond. We need an action plan. Well, what does that look like for me? When someone says, no, I tell myself it's not no forever. It's just no for right now. I tell myself that one person does not define me. One person is just that one person. When we give that one person so much power, then we start living for others and not for ourselves. We let that one person destroy the ripple effect of potentially being able to help so many others. If we let that one person stop us from showing up and talking to the next person, think about how many lives stop getting changed or helped because of this one person's no. They aren't in the same headspace as you. And so they may be saying no for reasons that you never uncovered, that are so personal and have absolutely nothing to do with you. You need to have a plan on what to say or do to snap yourself out of that no and move on to the next. Remember, they are saying no to the opportunity and not you. For me, when I think of them saying no to the opportunity, it actually makes me feel uh, better. It makes me feel like it's not me, it's them. It places the ownership back on them. They are not taking the opportunity. I'm giving them this opportunity. They're not taking it. I actually start to feel sorry for them. I actually start to empathize. Rejection is not rejecting you. It's rejecting the opportunity that you're trying to share with them. Okay, number two, procrastination. The slow death of progress. Okay, I, for one, have never been a huge procrastinator because I just don't like how it makes me feel. So this one's a little bit harder for me to relate to, but I'm going to try. I do have times when I procrastinate a little, but when I I put things off, my anxiety starts to immediately creep up because whether I realize it or not, my subconscious is thinking about the thing that I really don't want to do. And so, honestly, I would just rather do it and move on. But for my beloved procrastinators, this is for you. I'm willing to bet that there is probably some fear somewhere here, fear of being rejected, fear of not having an answer to an objection, fear of uncertainty, and perhaps fear of following up and the client actually moving forward. Has anybody ever felt that way? I think the ones that we have to work harder for through follow-up, we tend to create a narrative in our minds that because they didn't say yes right away, that we have to have more bells and whistles, or we need to oversell them with lofty promises to convince them to come on board, when they actually do come on board, they feel like a really high pressure client because we now have to live up to so much more of a standard because we felt like we had to convince them, we had to work harder for them. Or perhaps the procrastination for you is more like feeling overwhelmed, um, that it creeps in when. The more time that passes, the more we realize that we have to go work harder to re-engage them. We may even have to reference something to jog their memory. And the task of following up becomes this huge mountain that we have to climb. And by then, we're self-talking negatively to ourselves, saying things like, well, if they wanted to work with me, they would have reached out. Or they said they were coming on board and they didn't uh, do what they said they were going to do. So next time, you know, did you ever stop to think about It's a responsibility and a pride that you should take in following up. And when we start to have these self-talks of, well, they didn't say what they were going to do or they would have bought the first time, you never following up is your fault, not theirs. we got to take responsibility for that. Okay, so number three, we don't want to seem pushy. This one is one of my favorites, and when follow-up is approached in the wrong way, yeah, I agree. I don't want you to seem pushy either. I don't want to feel like I'm pushing anybody. Life is too hard to push someone else up a hill. What if we thought about following up as our duty, as part of what makes us great, the opportunity to show the love and level of customer care that we will bring to the table? Follow-up gets such a negative rap. Because we have been conditioned to think of the salesman that shows up on your front door trying to sell you the solar panels, the salesman that has been trained that after you say no the first time, there are all these specials and offers and deals that they can give you. That's what makes following up feel grimy. Who wants to buy something when they feel like they're being sold to? No one. Who wants to know that all this time I could have gotten what was being sold to me at a lower price, but because I said no? You're only offering it to me now? Who wants to feel like, man, I was that dummy that said yes the first time and paid full price for everything, right? We're conditioned to say no because you're offered more. But what if our follow-up was helpful, insightful, and adding value along the way? One thing I've learned is that timing really is everything. And sometimes, despite all of your helpful follow-up, it's just not the right time. But maybe two weeks or two months from now, it is. What if our follow-up was helpful, insightful, and adding value along the way? And would you be more inclined to buy from someone who continued to send you helpful follow-ups in two months? Or someone who never reached out to you again? I would feel like the person who didn't follow up didn't care enough to follow up with me, obviously, because they were only interested in the relationship to the point that I was willing to buy something from them. This is why follow-up feels pushy. So don't be pushy, be helpful in your follow-ups. Okay, next one, lack of organization and systems. So when I was in Mary Kay, I remember creating a spreadsheet of every new contact I made. To this day, I think it's a huge reason why I was able to earn my first free car and become a director in six months. I was following up. I had a system that made it actionable and clear. When I would meet someone new, I would come home and enter their name in the Excel spreadsheet. I would enter where I met them, their contact information, and then something like help me jog their memory, uh, like girl in pink shirt or you know, some had great smile or good conversation or whatever, right? And I had seven different columns that I would move them through, if you will, to ensure that I had done my part in following up. This is what my follow-up looked like. The first text or phone call was, hey, Victoria, it was so nice to meet you. Thank you for agreeing to be in my portfolio. I can't wait to pamper you. What works better for you a weekend or weeknight? Most of the time I would get a response weekend or weeknight, and then I would continue that conversation. The second one would be though, hey, Victoria, I know you really love that mascara and I thought I would share this article about our mascara and all the benefits. Hope you're doing well. I wouldn't ask, I would just send value add. The third would be, hey, Victoria, looking at my calendar, I had some time slots on this day and this day, do any of these work for you? Excited to pamper you, right? The next one would be another value add of some sort. It is super easy to lose track of who needs to be followed up to and and when, how are you tracking and working this process in your business? Is it structured? Is it unstructured? If it's unstructured, you need to get some structure around that. It's a formula. I don't know about you, but I love formulas because I know that if I do A plus B, that is going to equal C. One plus one all day long equals two. Girlfriends, I am here to tell you that the fortune is in the follow-up. You work so hard to get those moments on a call Or to interact with someone who has expressed interest in the opportunity that you have to give them. Why would you not follow up? Don't let the reasons that I just mentioned that are natural and prevalent in everybody stop you from continuing to share this amazing opportunity that you have with others. No is not no to you. It is no to the opportunity. If you ask my good friend Victoria. Who hired me to help her with her sales funnel? We worked on her follow up. She was not following up. When I started working with her, um, she had a good book of business. She wanted to grow her business. I started asking, why didn't this person come on board? Why didn't that person come on board? And she said, oh, well, they said that they were going to, and I just haven't heard back from them. Well, what does your follow up look like? There's hardly any follow up. When I tell you, that she implemented a value-based follow-up sequence. Her business doubled in six months. Victoria, as much as I love her, was projecting her own fears and concerns, how she feels about pushy follow-up onto others. She was projecting that onto others. And that is not at all how people felt. If you ask her, she'll tell you that some of the responses she received was, oh my gosh, thank you so much for following up with me. I am so sorry. Um, I just had a baby and haven't been able to get a chance at this. Yes, I still want to work with you. Or thank you so much for following up with me. It shows the level of professionalism and how much you care about me and my business and wanting to show up confidently online. What if follow-up felt good? What if you were being helpful? Think about what that would do for you in your business. Think about it, not even that, but think about what it would do for others if to know that there's so many people out there that are willing to to purchase what you have to offer them, but just need to be followed up for. And think about how by you not following up with them, that's more time that goes on that they don't have this opportunity to add value in their lives happening to them. You, my friends, are being negligent by not following up. Wow. Does that sink in? It does for me. Think about this formula. Following up is a formula. And when you work the formula, it works for you. And I'm going to give you that formula today. Okay. Uh, it's going to seem a little convoluted, but, but bear with me here. Okay. I'm going to give you that formula. It is as simple as, and see if you can envision this. It's a, it's an algebra equation. Okay. But it is. A value add plus an ask in your first email. The next email is a straight value add. The next email is just a straight ask. Ask a question. Is this project still important to you? Is this still top priority for you? The next part of the equation is another value add plus ask email. The next email is just straight value add. The next email is just straight value add. And the last email, email number seven is probably the most important and the most awkward or fearful one to send. And again, if you ask Victoria, she'll tell you what happens. In email number seven, in the subject line, you put, have you given up on this project? And in the body of the email, you put, hi, Victoria, have you given up on this project? And you put, sincerely, Gwen. I know that sounds awful. I know that sounds hard. I I mean, I know you want to put the fluff in there. I actually learned this from, um, and I can't think of his name, but he's the top FBI, uh, hostage negotiator in one of his trainings. And it's something like 90% of the time you're going to get a response back. And I don't know about you, but I'd rather get some kind of response. If it's no, fine. If it's yes, okay, then let's continue the conversation. This formula all adds up to more new clients. So girlfriends today, I am so humbled and happy that you have decided to spend your time with me. I hope that this has really helped to give you a different thought around follow-up. So get out there and bless others with your opportunity. I would challenge you to follow up with one person today that you haven't followed up in a while and start with something like, hey, I had you on my mind and wanted to share, I don't know, X, Y, Z, right? Um, I hope you're doing well. And then finish it with, is this still top of mind for you? See what happens. See what happens. I want to hear from you. I want to hear from you and I want to know what happens. Okay. So as we wrap up, I want to share that I have some uh, really exciting news. I have officially launched the Confidence Accelerator program. Go to my website and check it out. But the program is completely customized for your needs around closing more sales. It is a personalized coaching approach where you get one-on-one time with me, yours truly, custom analysis and audit of current sales systems and processes, along with recommendations and support with things like follow-up email sequences, sales calls, sales demos, and honestly, wherever you need the most support in sales. If you're interested in working with me, you can go to my website and fill out the Let's Chat form, or you can find me on Instagram and private message me. I'm so grateful for this community and opportunity to share my years of knowledge and lessons learned in selling with you. Until next time, girlfriends, stay gritty. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the GT Podcast, where we talk about all things grit and tenacity remember, your grit is the best part of you. It's the person you are today. It's what people are actually buying from you. Nobody cares how much you know or what you have to sell until they know how much you care about them. Until next time, stay gritty, girlfriends.